Hi, this is Kara Swisher, the host of Recode Decode. Before we start today's episode, I want to remind you that I'll be in Austin for South by Southwest this year. It's always a really fun event to attend, and this year I'm looking forward to interviewing Christine Amanapour, CNN's Chief International Correspondent. We're going to talk about journalism in 2018, the Me Too movement, and her new series, Sex and Love Around the World. That sounds really interesting. If you want to see this interview live, visit sxsw.com. You can purchase a badge to see not only us, but all the inspiring conference sessions, musics, films, and other awesome stuff they're doing down there. That's sxsw.com. See you there. Today's show is brought to you by MParticle. It's the only customer data platform built to address modern data challenges. For most brands today, customer interactions are spread across a lot of connected devices, and that makes it tough to create optimal experiences and drive the right marketing outcomes. That's why brands like Spotify, Venmo, and Airbnb use MParticle. It lets them unify customer data into a single customer view. Then they can easily integrate that data into any marketing or analytics platform with no additional engineering time required. The result is more personalized customer experiences on websites and in apps, as well as more relevant ads across all channels and partners. Visit mparticle.com to learn how mparticle can help your business unify the customer experience and accelerate growth. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as the star of Black Panther, but in my spare time, I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts, or just visit recode.net slash podcasts for more. Today, I'm in New York City with a very bad voice, and I'm here with Alexander St. Amand. What a name. The CEO and president of GLG, a learning platform that connects businesses and investors with experts on a range of subjects. He's been with the company for 20 years and has been CEO since 2006. Alexander, welcome to Recode Decode. Thank you for having me. So let's talk a little bit about your business, because I don't think people know what you do. It's a, When you're saying a learning platform, people usually think of Udacity or some, you know, one of the other Salcon platforms and things like that. So let's give me a, sort of an outline of how you got to where you got. Yeah, I'd love to compare us to some of those platforms too, but it's GLG is a one-to-one learning business for professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can think of it, I hate these analogies, but the way to think about it is like Uber meets Harvard. Okay. Uh, so it's a, it is a one-to-one learning business, like I said. So we have, on the one hand, we have a group of companies, a few thousand companies that uh, want to talk to various experts on various subjects, learn from experts on lots of different things. And so we have this membership on the other side of about 750,000 professionals who are available to teach. And like calling an Uber, uh, you tell us what you want to learn. Uh, or right, we such as. So I, uh, uh, just because I was preparing for this, I looked through some of our projects this morning to name a few that are in the news. We're mm-hmm. doing work on school security today. That okay. might not surprise you. Right. Um, so we had everyone from a really big tech company that you'd probably know down to a startup looking at how schools do security and not in a mm-hmm. political way, like what, what guns should or shouldn't be there, but right. just how does the security work in the school? Right. And um, we've done work in the, today also actually comparably on hotel security after mm-hmm. Las Vegas mm-hmm. and you keep going down this kind of political line, we took a client to see the wall, the me- the wall, the mm-hmm. border wall with Mexico, right? And had a group of people understand border security, lay out how it actually works uh, in real life. 
the client was not Donald Trump, just, <laughs> just for the record, but it was someone else looking yeah. at the subject. But I, but a lot of stuff can be really boring. We did it. We did the first project this morning when I looked at the list this morning at six thirty. The first project was on how uh, reservoirs are designed. And, and reservoir engineering in Latin America. So this is all done online. They, they, you're, they're clients of yours, or did it, talk a little bit about your background. So how did you get to doing this first, and then we can talk about how it works. I think for you, you remember Guru.com. Yes, I do. Um, Explain so for the people what Guru.com. Was. Guru.com was there were a lot sounds. of them. There were a lot of them, uh, and we're actually one of them. Although you don't know that, but uh, we like to say we, when we when we went to raise money for this idea. Uh, we talked to all the same people that talked to Guru and Elance and ExpertNet, and you remember some of those, but there yeah, what more. was the other one? It, oh, there was another one. I can't remember one, and it it degenerated into Wiccans and right and something else. And I like to say phone sex and astrology. Yes, that's phone not, sex and astrology, but Wiccans sure was true, a big part of it. I can't yes, remember that's what it right. was. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that one either. So you but need I know a Wiccan at any time. Right. We, we, uh, you don't have Wiccans. We don't. Okay. Um, but Guru, if you remember, started out uh, with real aspirations to get great experts. Sure. And yeah. the, the idea was what it sounds like. You and find you can meet them over a digital platform. You can, you can find them through the digital platform. Right. The idea, I think, on Guru was that you talk to them over right. the phone or you meet them in person. And uh, as you know, they raised a lot of money. I think right. that was 98, 99, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, right when we were raising money. In fact, they announced their round a week after we went to see the same venture firms. Sure. And uh, so we were kind of stuck because they raised a few hundred million. And they, the, what they did was they opened up the thing to anyone. And so you go to Guru and if they have the head of neurology at Stanford on there, you can come and say, hey, you know, I have a headache. Can you help? Right. And the problem is that no matter how much money you pay the head of neurology at Stanford, he's not interested in that question. Um, I mean, he might be if you have a real problem, but he thinks it's beneath his pay grade, not interested. Sure. He doesn't learn through teaching that. Mm-hmm. So he drops off and it devolves, adverse selection, which is the big problem. I, I mentioned Uber meets Harvard. There's a Harvard part, which is you have to qualify the student, the teacher. So right. we, went, we went a different way. We we recruited the faculty at Duke and Stanford and Harvard Medical Schools, and we invited them to and teach. And what was the premise to them at the time? Because this was, what, in the, ni- in the 90s, It right? was 99. Right. Um, and we said, and it was... It was, you know, it was the boom, boom of the tech, uh, biotech. Right before uh, everything went down. Right before everything went down, uh, booming of biotech. And uh, our first customers were investors who were looking to learn about all these new things that were happening in biotech. And so we went to the universities and said, um, it'd be good for you to share your actual expertise. In other words, investors are making decisions based on equity research reports, based on whatever other written materials they can find, and shouldn't they talk straight to the source? And by the way, you'll learn from talking to them too. And it was a little bit a little bit based on some jealousy between Duke and Stanford at the time. I could get into the politics of it. Remember, Stanford has always been mm-hmm. connected with the venture community. Duke wasn't. The right. dean at Duke wanted to wanted Duke to be a center of thought leadership, and so he, sure. he invited a bunch of his faculty to teach with us. And so you, but the question, but you're just saying you wanted to qualify the people who are talking because it can devolve into just anybody can get it. A lot of them were open platforms for experts. Yeah, which experts. continues today. I mean, you remember, you know, you saw a few years ago this is that some of the folks behind Twitter launched, uh, um, I think it was called Ask Jelly. Mm-hmm. Um, Oftentimes there was there was there was Quora. I mean, mm-hmm. There's been Yahoo Answers, LinkedIn right. Answers. Like I'm the blanking app. on the one that was back then. It was another one besides Guru. Oof, it went it went down real hard. I want to know too. It's Guru like went answers. down com. hard. Guru too. went hard. There was an, I can't. I'll remember it over the it course. Wasn't of Answers. Um, but the, but the idea has a sort of a long intellectual history sure. in the valley of what about all that knowledge that's in people's heads? How can and, we get it out? How can you get it out? out? Right. And uh, and everyone and then you apply Uber to that idea and you think well, let's just connect everyone. But learning doesn't work like that. I, right. I always tell people that we are we are like eBay for learning or Uber for learning, but learning is not selling a camera on eBay and it's not finding a car. The bar right. is much higher. You asked, why do the Duke faculty members, did mm-hmm. they 
want to teach a group of investors because they learn through teaching. Right. Right. And there also were, there were a bunch of companies that are slightly in your area, not so much the Udacity's or the, or the, the MOOCs, um, but the ones where you'd want to learn to play the guitar or you'd want to learn to like do a lot of things and they would link you. They were essentially a linking service. And then others, the one that was sold to um, LinkedIn and I'm, uh, that was sort of computer learning. Oh, uh, Linda? Linda. Linda.com. Right. Um, right. And those so, were online courses. Those were online courses. Right. Yeah. And I, I think the, the, our core idea is that, and just like I can make analogies, but our core idea is that one-to-one or customized mm-hmm. learning is the new learning thing. In right. other words, making one-to-many, one-to-many-many is one idea. That's right. what... That's what a lot of amazing companies are right, doing. Right, and that's how universities have gone online, right? That's right. That's the MOOCs. Like, the, you can learn at MIT from anywhere in the world. Yeah, but the learning methodology is the same. I mean, I watch a lecture in, at MIT. I watch the lecture on my phone. Um, now, you know, Coursera and others have made more, they're focused more on skills training and skills mm-hmm. development, which I'm right. fascinated by. The question is, what's the delivery mechanism of that mm-hmm. learning? And the conceit of all those companies is that if you just take one to many and make it one to many, 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 right. it's going to change the way everyone learns. Sure. And our, our idea is not that, it's that customization is the key to the learning and that people don't really understand what the dynamics are that mm-hmm. need to take place if you want to scale one-to-one. But mm-hmm. if you do accept those constraints, that one-to-one is the most powerful method of learning. So right, take right. the example I used, you're at a company, you want to work on school security. Right. What, do you, what do you read about that that teaches you how it really works? I mean, you, you can, can search read, Google, right? You by can yourself. search Google. You can send some intern in to get you as much information about it. You can pull together a report. but, you, but mm-hmm. And those things are important. You should do those things. But then when it really comes time to start uh, figuring out what you want to do, you need perspective from people in the space about how would your idea work in that market? And mm-hmm. what if you did this? What if you did that? And right. it's the development of perspective, the development of, I guess you could call it wisdom on the subject that really only takes place just like this conversation. Right. You could learn a lot about GLG, but you're going to ask me questions and learn right. more about GLG. So how does that differ than, say, uh, the, the other ways of people learning? Like how do they, or consultants really, because that's what Bain does. That's what all the other, all the other consultants. So how did you right. differentiate so Bain, uh, so Bain, McKinsey, et cetera, um, they deliver you and they deliver you what you should do. Their right. idea is you uh, you say should we open in Australia and they deliver you a report. What should we do with our business? Do they deliver okay. you a report. Um, I would say that uh, we're not that. We don't tell you what to do. We don't mm-hmm. tell you the answer per se. Mm-hmm. We we teach you about things. You want to learn about markets. Um, most of the top strategy consultants do use us, and most of the biggest companies in the world use us, or many of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't use us for the same thing that they use a consultant for. Right. You could call we do consulting, but it but it isn't really. It's mm-hmm. it's the, the average interaction between. We've done millions of projects. Our members have answered, I believe, almost 100 million questions on our various sites. But the primary experience is a phone call. That it's a one-on-one, it's a one-on-one, one-on-one phone call or a meeting. Right. So to go back again to the night. So you'd start this guru, got all this money, and there was three or four others that were mm-hmm. like this. Talk about how did you manage, what happened? Your original premise was the same thing that you're doing now? Well, our, our, our founding story is a little different. So the company's called GLG. It was originally Gerson Lehrman Group. Mm-hmm. It was started in 98 by a fellow named Gerson, a fellow named Lehrman. So it's, it's Gerson Lehrman Group. And the original idea, uh, that they had come up with was to start a publishing company. Mm-hmm. That's the raise of money for the publishing company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a long story, and I'll, I'll tell it to you because it relates to the heart of the matter. But I, um, but I joined them, um, and we came up with this other idea to do this, and we went, went out to raise money for it. Um, but we didn't, and Guru did, and other people did. And, but the publishing company didn't work either. So we repurposed the capital from the publishing company and put it into mm-hmm. this idea. Mm-hmm. But this idea worked. I mean, even as Guru was fairly immediately struggling, mm-hmm. uh, we developed a first group of customers who 
liked, who loved the idea and, and started working with us. And right. so it took off. So does it have, I mean, there is a digital element to it because you, you link, people find you or not, or how do you look at it that the way? Digital pieces. Most people, I want to get later to talking about where learning is going. Yeah. Uh, great. Um, the, the digital component is just how do you scale? Look, the, digi- the, the, the digital side of GLG is fairly straightforward, but it's not that different from Uber. You know, there's a car mm-hmm. around the corner and... You now know where it is because of GPS. Right. GLG is just how would you know who the best people are on the subject? Right. And so we do everything. We use a lot of different technology to find the best people and what they want to teach or what they have to teach. Mm-hmm. And then we spend just as much time figuring out if you're a customer of ours what you want to learn. Mm-hmm. And to do that at scale requires a lot of systems, but not super fancy systems. Of right. course, we use AI for it. Of course, we have uh, what you might expect, but it's a combination of the idea combined right. with, with simple systems. And then, so give me an example. So someone will mm-hmm. come like school security. What did you, yeah. what happens then in that? So they would contact you. So you, you work with someone at GLG, you can go to our site, but in general, you, you're covered by someone. We have a few thousand employees. Someone covers you mm-hmm. and you call them and you say, I want to learn about school security and here's what I'm thinking about. And they will, uh, they will go through our database, they'll invite new people, we'll ask people in the membership to invite other people mm-hmm. at fairly high scale. So we want to invite a, a lot of people to this idea and hopefully have you connected with someone on the phone within a few hours. So it's right. not quite on demand, like 15 right. minute on demand, but it's right. on demand as in same day or next day. Right. And how do you vet the experts then? Because that was one of the issues too, is the quality of the, I mean, as any of these platforms the quality of the expert matters. Yeah, we recruit because we think you're an expert in something. So mm-hmm. we, yes, we have a lot of inbound people applying, but in general, we're recruiting you because we heard your Kara Swisher and we think you know something I about something. I have no expertise in anything. We have expertise in podcasts, for example. <laughs> I guess, so I someone guess. wanted to launch one. Not no, but that's actually an important point because people don't really know what they have to teach either. So we, we will recruit a former Fortune 500 CEO and they'll ask us, what do you think I have to teach? Mm-hmm. And they have a lot to teach about being a Fortune 500 CEO or in a sector or pharma mm-hmm. or whatever it is or interact with the White House or, or uh, managing corporate culture or whatever mm-hmm. the subject is, but they don't really know what their real thing is. And so that would be valuable. That would be valuable or that right. they're the best at teaching. And most people, we always say that everyone loves to teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just don't know quite what they want to teach and where they want to teach it. Not everyone wants to go and move to Boston and teach a course, mm-hmm. but everyone does love sharing their expertise with the right people. Right. And so they go and you link them up you, and that's it. And the fees paid, how do you figure so that we, out? So we invite a lot of people to do the project. Everyone mm-hmm. can opt in or opt out. They fill out right. a questionnaire of what they do or don't know. They go mm-hmm. through some legal and compliance and contracting type things. Mm-hmm. They're then available. Then we pass along their information, their biographical background, the answers to those questions to a customer. The customer then gets to make a decision about who they want to talk to. Um, and then there's a scheduling system in, in our, you know, on our sites and stuff that helps them and schedule then a, fee. a call. That you and then the member, and then afterwards the member bills their hourly fee. The customer pays us on a on a variety of different a variety ways of different ways. Yeah. So when you're thinking about where expertise is going, why do they need you? Like because you can find everybody. You know, um, so every reporter always asks us that question, right, well, and and everyone in Silicon Valley asks that question. But right. most people don't really know how to find the expertise they're looking for, mm-hmm. and they're not used to. The process you would go through to find—I mm-hmm. was a reporter also mm-hmm. just for a year, but um, but Where I found it really easy. I, I covered news for Bloomberg. About the, oh, wow. uh, I covered the Bundesbank for much of the year for oh, Bloomberg. Oh man, that's enough Frankfurt. to get you out of journalism, anyway. I loved it actually. Did I you? loved everything the about Bundesbank. it. <laughs> I did. I loved everything about it. Um, but I'll I'll tell you how I got to this from that. But. Um, most people don't know who they, what they want to learn exactly. They don't know exactly who they want to talk to. They come in with a question like, I think there's, an, there's more to learn about 
school security? Where do mm -hmm. I go? Who would I talk to? They wouldn't necessarily think, as to use an example, to talk to the people who now run security at the various concert halls in Paris. Mm -hmm. But those oh, folks yeah, have thought don't. a lot about security after mm -hmm. what's happened there. And so they are great people to teach just a, a, maybe a new way of thinking about it. So and then people, why would they want to teach? How do you entice them to want to teach? People like teaching good students. Okay. So the key to GLG is making sure that all of our, the reason why it's not a consumer idea yet is because you have to qualify the student. The problem with Yahoo Answers is just all sorts of people are asking random questions and are they worth teaching and same with Also cool. it crazy. We're going to talk about that and more when we get back. We're here with Alexander St. Amund. He's the CEO and president of GLG, a learning platform that connects businesses and investors with experts on a range of subjects. This is an area that Silicon Valley has been trying to tackle for years. We'll talk about how that's going when we get back. This episode is brought to you by MParticle, the customer data platform for every screen. And I'm here with co-founder and CEO, Michael Katz. We know that uh, people are using mobile to research and transact more than ever before, which we've talked about. Um, what's the future of mobile commerce and how does MParticle help its uh, retailer customers like Overstock, Lily Pulitzer, and Jet.com? So the classic notion of a person moving through the funnel is fundamentally broken. Mm -hmm. People may start researching a company's product on their laptop, subscribe to that brand's email newsletter a few days later, get an email which they open on their phone, download the app and complete the purchase. You know, so right there, just trying to map the customer journey, you need to capture data from four or five systems. So brands need to create uh, consistent and personalized experiences across all these devices and systems. And so it starts with having a data platform that was built to ingest data from anywhere, mm -hmm. create a unified view of the customer, and then in real time, sync that data out to all the various marketing and analytics tools that the company may use in order to create these experiences. So people are doing very different things all the time. Absolutely. Dynamic as they are using all these devices. For sure. Thank you, Mike Katz of MParticle. Where can we learn more about what you're doing? Go to www.mparticle.com or follow us on Twitter at mparticles with an S. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks. I'd also like to tell you about one of our other podcasts, Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Peter, who'd you talk to this week? Hey, Kara. Guess who I talked to this week? I will tell you. I talked to Graham Yost. He is a veteran screenwriter, wrote Speed, uh, wrote one of my favorite TV series of all time, Justified. And he has a new series out on Amazon called Sneaky Pete. I think it's their most popular series, he told us. He knows how to tell a story. You know why? Because he's a professional screenwriter. So it's a good conversation. You will enjoy it. Sounds great, Peter. You can find Recode Media on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, I'm in New York City with a terrible voice, and I'm here with Alexander St. Ahmed, the CEO and president of GLG. It's a learning platform. We've just been talking about how GLG got created uh, in the bust, essentially right before the bust. Um, let's talk about the idea that Silicon Valley thinks they can do this through AI and everything, knowledge. So let's talk about where it's going from a technological point of view, because what you're doing is pretty traditional. You're linking people with other, like, you know, not, not unlike LinkedIn or any of the other like people are looking for something you have, or Tinder or anything, like you're, you're linking people. Yeah, maybe more like Tinder than LinkedIn. I, I like to say the part of GLG is just sort of, the, you know, the idea that there's just a vacuum created by LinkedIn. You're connected to all these people, but you're not really connected. You don't really right. have a way or there's no human connection. Mm -hmm. um, our connection is we want to, we want you on the phone with someone talking to them. We want you in a room with someone that's sure. the very best person to teach and learn from, mm -hmm. to teach or to learn from. Um, so, uh, What's the what's the question about AI exactly? No, the idea is like the Silicon Valley has been trying to get at this problem with Quora and stuff like that. They've been trying to automate it forever. The idea of where knowledge is resides and how you access it yeah. from people. 
Yeah, I think... Essentially, they're going to get to downloading your brain, but that's a different thing. Downloading your brain is a different thing. I don't think they'll take... No, it's not. It's it's not a different... It's it's certainly within the broad, long-term wheelhouse, yeah. But um, I think just all of them don't accept what makes learning work. I mean, okay. why is Harvard a place that you want to teach or learn? Because mm-hmm. there's admissions. Because you can't get in. Because you can't. Well, no, that's part of it, though, but, but, <laughs> but because there's admissions. I because, can't get in, but go ahead. I think you Others can, can. But, there, but there's there are admissions, and there's there's you know that the student's smart, you know the community's smart. That's, a, that's an important constraint. Once mm-hmm. you remove that constraint, the class might not be as interesting at Harvard. Sure. And uh, I would just say like, you, you just have to start with what works in the existing learning institutions and mm-hmm. think how it applies once you apply some basic matching, mm-hmm. you know, LinkedIn or those or Luber or but whatever. But talk a little bit about where, pe- where it's going, though, because they really, like every couple of months I get one of these, how we're going to change learning, how people are going to learn differently. A lot of it is trying to automate it or try to consolidate it into it. Like a lot of recently about an AI, this is, well, this is how you'll be learning. This is how it transforms that. Yeah. And I'm sure you've thought about it with your kids too. Um, teaching. teaching. I think teach, there's something so wrong with schools, but that's another. Yeah. Well, I think, so there's a really cool study um, that I, I, I like to I just always point to, which is that if you take the average math class, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of kids. Um, mm-hmm. Some kids are two years ahead today. Tummy years are two years behind. That's right. that's statistically how big the gap is right. on any given subject. Right. They totally get that little piece. They're way ahead, they're way behind. Well, if they're mm-hmm. way beha- ahead, they're bored. If they're way behind, they're confused. And But the teacher's can't solve for that because no. the teacher's got you know twenty five students and it's all got to teach be, to the program to the to the mean or median whatever. Um, the the question is how would you solve that? So there is there are tons of cool technologies for solving that in testing, mm-hmm. you know, like the, using AI or otherwise, just more simple algorithms to make sure you get questions that you don't on things you don't understand and questions and no questions on the stuff you've already mastered. Mm-hmm. Lots of software works that way today, um, but adult learning doesn't take place like that. Right, you don't have a chance to just have exactly the right teacher. And if you think about it, you say that, you know, teaching's, where is teaching's broken? Imagine executive education for a second. You mm-hmm. go to take a course on marketing for two weeks with 50 of your peers from totally different sized companies who have totally different levels of expertise. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the average level in that class? Just, it's just average. It's, mm-hmm. it's by definition going to be really easy for you one part and too confusing for you on the other part. Mm-hmm. What you need is exactly the right course with exactly the right teacher. Right, right. And that's not that hard to deliver as long as you, as long as you don't just try to scale it just so fast, as long right. as you don't just open well, the idea of the way anyone. we've taught to is not that way. It is teaching to the mean and teaching to the, the I mean, the idea of, of learning that is completely customized is still far away. Yeah, that's, I, I always say that, you know, GLG's first customers were some of the best investors in the world. And right. you know, so they wanted some expertise on biotech or whatever the heck they were looking biotech at. Biotech or anything. And what they is wanted, this Bitcoin? That's probably, you're probably doing a lot of that. We do right? a lot on cryptocurrency. We do a lot on cryptocurrency security. Mm-hmm. I always say to people, a lot is that fancy stuff. A lot of it is how, how does reimbursement system, how do reimbursement systems work for hospitals in Eastern Europe? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that interesting. I mean, it's super interesting if you're trying to figure out mm-hmm. other new business Why in that you find space. That expert? Okay. People who run hospitals in Eastern Europe. Yeah, okay. And, yeah. Uh, Turkish veterinarians. What if they're not good example. runners of hospitals? See, that's the problem you run into. But anyway, go well, ahead. Sorry. Uh, that's a different question. I, yeah. can, I could tell you about it. But but the, the main point is that the best investors, first of all, they're looking for a perspective, not an answer. There's mm-hmm. no answer to how it's run. It's just a perspective on all. What if we did this? What if we did that? Right. And they would never settle for a report. You've never mm-hmm. met someone at Sequoia that says, oh, I just read the report on the on the hotel industry and so I'm backing Airbnb. Right. right. Doesn't happen. They go no. and they go and try to figure out what are the weaknesses in the space? Where is their opportunity? What if they did this in this city, in this country? What would mm-hmm. happen? 
and they never have accepted the report as the as the answer. Mm. So once, but but of course they're the best investors with all the resources. So they, of mm. course they can do that. The question is how many people can do that. And I think eventually everyone will be able to do that. No mm. one will no one will accept that their learning is just one is just a one to many course because mm-hmm. no one ever learned that well that way. Right. And the innovation is not that high in making that same course interaction teacher student relationship sure. uh, just available more people. It's just that's just not that. Innovative. Right. I'm not. I'm less focused on AI than I am on the same thing. I use an analogy like with drugs. You know, mm-hmm. you, like we don't. You know, used to be everyone took the same drugs for cancer. Now, because of genomics, because of the availability right. of information, yes, because of AI, but because of AI, it's in the development of those drugs, you get a, you will get a more and more tailored drug. Right. Same with your learning. Well, you know, it's interesting when you think about that, but because we don't think about learning that way ever. We just don't. We have it's it's it hasn't. It's one of the few things. Healthcare is the other one that hasn't changed that much because of digi- you know digitization or the ability to do that to connect people in the same way. Dating has changed drastically. Like if you think about how good it's got, you know, I mean, good or bad depending on how much you like those services. But they really do. They've solved a problem that 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 analog hasn't been able to solve. And everyone knows that education is broken in some way. When I look at some of my kids' stuff or just you know myself, like I don't learn at all. Like mm-hmm. people don't learn all day long about things. I think you read the internet is what you do. You read the internet, you're right. in this, you're you go, in this. Google has been the learning mechanism for a lot of people. Like, let's look it up and find out. Yeah, it is. But who says, gosh, you know, uh, five years ago, I Googled it and that really changed my life. Right, no, you know, 100%. <laughs> I don't remember happen. what I Googled. Um, it's not that there's not a lot of information on Google. It's right. that learning doesn't take place solely by reading. I mean, you can learn right. a lot by reading right. something. But the question is, how do you really grow? How do you learn? Right. I always like to say, like, the MBA is one of those incredibly broken things. Mm-hmm. Um, not because you shouldn't go or something like that, but because when you when you leave it, you don't know any business. Right. You listen to a bunch of lectures, but you can't fire someone. Mm-hmm. You, you don't. You have no actual business skills. Right. And it would be so much better if you spent if you applied to Harvard, you got in. Um, now. We know something about you, mm-hmm. um, but then you spent the next five years in a series of small group learning experiences in companies. You spent mm-hmm. a year in product development at Google. You spent a year in, in finance at Goldman. You spent mm-hmm. a year in the best companies, and you really learned through those 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 experiences, right. which, is, which is which would be much closer to a traditional uh, uh, sort of guild or apprenticeship right. uh, in Europe. Is that a new business for you? Putting people in the new way of learning. Well, I'll say one more thing about it, that the that um, the faculty at those schools are typically not that happy with the experience e- either. Right. They have this very specific expertise, uh-huh. you know, Frances Fry studying culture. Yes. So she goes to Google to apply it. Um, Uber, she's an Uber. Sorry, Uber, Uber yeah, to apply She picked apply. The, the Mount Everest of horror That's shows. right, because, yeah. because what she wants to work on is that problem. Yeah. That's her thing. Good and luck, so, Frances. I still don't think you can do it. Sorry. Maybe she can't, but you see why she did <laughs> we it. Had a because podcast as you put it, it's the Everest of that. Yeah. What she doesn't want to teach necessarily. You're going to die. In the crevasse of she may <laughs> she, she shall she she may the crevasse of non ethics but go ahead she sir. may but it is her thing to she will learn from that mm-hmm. and she and I'm sure that she's I, I don't know this I, I don't know her right. but she I would imagine that she's she, she gets to apply all the things that she's been working on sure whereas yeah, if she goes to teach at business school she just teaches. Uh, introductory entrepreneurialism, business mm. leadership. I mean, these right. generic courses. So people love to teach the thing they really know and care about. And so the, mm-hmm. the so the the whole system, basically, the whole system is built on old matching technology that should right. that should be a, a, a replaced. Old, people self select you mean or pe- no? Meaning like you would have to aggregate people in a classroom. So mm-hmm. I guess that's just the number of people that can connect and and you you know the the new matching would say that Francis's best students are Uber, you know Huawei and. 
you know, a company that's trying to scale in Europe and those are the three people who are wrestling with culture the most. And so that's, Mm -hmm. those should be her students. Mm -hmm. But, and she should still be a Harvard faculty member in Mm -hmm. teaching those students. Um, But the old world said that only the people that can come to Boston and therefore in the class. Right. So talk about how learning has to change then. Where does it go and how does digital technologies help that? Obviously people are mobile, they listen, you know, people are listening to a lot more, they're consuming tons of podcasts, a lot of educational podcasts, things like that. Um, VR has this enormous um, capability of changing law, VR, AR really, um, or mixed reality, I think that's the term we like to use now. Um, talk a little bit about how that changes, because you, you're, you're just doing better matching, essentially. If people have a problem, you're finding their solutions. For them. And we like all those technologies. If, it can, if, if a GLG match can take place through VR or any, anything you want to call it, we're very happy about that. Right. But what we're interested in is, we're interested in two questions, which is what do people have want to learn? So I used an example of when you call us about schools, for example. But mm-hmm. once you do a project on, let's say, on school security, we should be able to recommend a project to you on hotel security because mm-hmm. you're interested. If you're interested in one, you're probably so you're like in the Netflix. Other. That's if right. You like this movie, you might like this. That's right, and that's really important because if you think about Harvard, you don't just go to Harvard and get to pick all the things you might want to learn. That's mm-hmm. not the thing. Mm-hmm. The thing is that they also can recommend if you're gonna if you want to study classics. These are the things you have to know in classics. We aim to be like that. So we are not, and, and we operate like that, meaning much of what you do at GLG, maybe 70% of it is stuff you initiate, but 30% of the stuff that we're recommending. Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of time on that. Similarly, we want to spend a lot of time figuring out what you want to teach, mm-hmm. which is just as hard. Uh, most people that join our membership, again, even, even as best These are the teachers. Know. Yeah, even if, I mean, if you're the head of neurology at, at Stanford and you study the, you know, the A45B antigen as a target in breast cancer or something like that, then you... You you know that's what you have to teach. Right. But you might if, want to teach guitar, but go ahead. You might want to, but right. and, and some of you some of them are probably qualified to, yeah. but that's not your primary area right. of expertise. Whereas if you're a general executive, you may not know. You run a large sales organization. You may not know what you actually know about running a sales organization or uh-huh. management culture or anything. So tell me about what people do want to learn. What are the things that you specialize in? We started with science, so mm-hmm. a lot of what we do is still science. Mm-hmm. Um, the big buckets are technology, regula- regulation, and globalization. So those, mm-hmm. are the, those are, I think, the three big buckets. The last one's probably personal development. Mm-hmm. So let's so, go through them. Technology, meaning how to do things? or Technology, so how does that A45B antigen function as a target in breast cancer, let's mm-hmm. say? And is it a reasonable target? And why? how does it work? And why does it work? Um, and that's, that's just biomedical science is where we started, but there's... Um, but there are plenty of examples there. Um, in regulation, it's it's um, how can I open a business today in Venezuela? Like, mm-hmm. what will the government accept? And I run a copper business, and I want to expand from Brazil into mm-hmm. into Venezuela. And what don't. will the company don't? <laughs> I can uh, help. That. There's there's a short answer, but but yeah. but, but if you did want to, and you knew right. the you knew certain constraints, how would you think about entering that market? And mm-hmm. and and what would you need to do? Um, globalization is I know my business, the same example, I know my business in Brazil, but I don't know it in, in Venezuela. I know, I understand the, the, this business very well in China, but I, and we've expanded all over Europe, but we don't understand the United States market yet. Um, and the last bucket is, is personal development is just straight up. I'm the head of, uh, Merck North America and I, uh, want to keep growing as a, as an executive. How do I think about my core professional development goals, which you could say is more like coaching. Right. But a lot of the coaches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I give you some learning buckets. I mean, there's, there's of course coaching, there's consulting, there's executive education, there's Mm -hmm. market research. Um, I would say all of those categories and more are disruptable on some level mm-hmm. by a more customized model. In the right. same way, I mean, I, you know, in the same way that Michael Dell 
didn't really change the nature of the computer you could no, get. No, just how you put it together. Yeah, just get, made it much more customizable. And right. he did that do a pretty particular business decision, which was just not to pay the manufacturer until he bought the customized pieces. Right. So one of our core ideas is we just don't pay for any of the learning until the customer needs it. Right. And that allows us to have many, 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 many more courses, effectively millions of courses available. Um, same with, you know, Amazon. When it mm-hmm. launched, they didn't, you know, they didn't buy the books until after the customer ordered the books so they could have right. a couple million books and Barnes & Noble was stuck with the, you know, this is the long tail sure. theory. Right. Um, and the long tail is so important to learning. I mean, what people need to learn is often in the long tail or the right teacher is often in the long tail. Interesting. So when we get back, we're going to talk more about where learning is going because I'd really like to think about how people are going to learn in the future, if it's going to be a lifelong thing or how students learn now. Um, I don't know if you saw last night the students at um, at the Florida high school that got attacked. Um, they had a teacher on there. Did you see her? I didn't see oh, her. She was fantastic. She was trying to get the person from the NRA to... Um, to explain some the Second Amendment and how it started, and she goes, and I need supporting explanations. I just had, had a really bad flashback to high school, and this is, they're teaching the same way, which is funny. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about where learning is going and how um, it changes in a digital space, because I think you're going to see a ton more learning that way, because the way, again, schools are designed, like you create a Harvard and people go there, doesn't make any sense going forward. I also want to tell you about Too Embarrassed to Ask, my other podcast, which I host with Lauren Good from The Verge. That's me. I'm actually the boss of the podcast. All right. Okay, fine. Every Friday, we answer your questions about tech. Lauren, who did we talk to this week? Bossy Lauren. We talked to Sophia Amoruso. You might know her as the founder of Nasty Gal, but she's also the founder of Girl Boss uh, Media, but they're dropping the media. And she's the host of the Girl Boss Radio podcast on iTunes. Sophia, thanks so much for joining us this week. What did we talk about? Oh, gosh. The politics of the word girl boss. I Nostradamus myself, talked about the future, <laughs> talked about going bankrupt, getting divorced, all kinds of stuff. We're also talking about your new media company. And girl is- boss media or slash girl boss because media is really limiting and what I'm building, which is? It's like Oprah for millennials. Sophia, thank you for coming. It was a great discussion. We hope you go listen to it. You can find Too Embarrassed to Ask on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Too Embarrassed to Ask. See you there. Today I'm in New York and I'm here with Alexander St. Amand, the CEO of President of GLG. That's a learning platform that connects businesses and investors and experts on a range of subjects. Um, I want to talk about the future of learning, uh, where it's going. Because when when you think about this, what you're doing is is analog, you're, but you're linking people using a platform to do so. But where do you imagine the future of learning is is going? Again, as I said, it's one of the few things that has resisted digital change. Although there's plenty of courses online and things like that. We still go to schools or people don't or take courses or it's very physical. Um, when you talk about doing things physical, how, when you think about your business going forward, how do you imagine it changing? I just think always about the personalization of it. And I, mm-hmm. and I don't really necessarily... Care how it's delivered. I don't really care how it's delivered per mm-hmm. se. I don't really think the innovation in delivery has met, met, been much innovation. I mean, mm-hmm. the, yes, the internet makes it possible to watch a course that was taught across the country around the world. Mm-hmm. And that's important because... More people have access. Yeah, more people have access. And for certain things, particularly based skill development or writing, learn to code or learning base math, uh, Khan Academy, these mm-hmm. things are incredible. But they don't change the nature of the learning. The mm-hmm. nature of the learning comes down to what is the, what is the how are we interacting? Right. And there are, there are of course, historical precedents for this. There's, uh, there's I, I wish I knew the word. I think it's 
Havrusa or something. Mm-hmm. It's the Jewish tradition of debate that they that they teach in, in yeshiva mm-hmm. and, and you're paired up with someone else and you just keep debating. Yeah, I saw a yentl, but go ahead. I didn't see a yentl, but I see it in it's Israel. In but the, that, that process, for example, is really powerful, I think, or they wouldn't have been doing it for a few thousand years. Mm-hmm. And it's not a piece of the methodology. Right. It's probably closer. And it's not even slightly digital. Not even slightly digital. So do you think, you know, with, again, Silicon Valley is really pushing on the idea that all learning will be digital going forward. Do you think that's just not so? Or I think the, digi- the, I think the, you can put the digital piece head. of the match, like what do you know now and why do you? Why is it that you need more help with that is really powerful, those testing mm-hmm. systems. I think that I think there's also game-based assessments of sort of non-specific qualities that are really interesting in terms of what do I need to learn. But once it's like, what do I need to go learn? I think there's there's so much proof that a conversation is the only thing that's adaptive enough to to to, to keep up with the person because remember it's two years ahead, two years behind on any given subject, but it's any given minute, any given subject. You're constantly a little bit ahead, a little behind. Mm-hmm, you're following mm-hmm. me a little bit in what I'm saying. You're a little behind, and conversation is just so powerful to achieve that. And let me just just to make it real. Let me let me bring you back to the to the founding story, if you don't mind. Sure. It's a, it's a personal story. I think lays out how you would think about it too. Um, so when we started, when I, when I was in high school, my mom got sick mm-hmm. and she was diagnosed with, with uh, some idiopathic cortical atrophy. Which, I don't even know what that is. What's exactly. That? Which, and that's the point. It's, it's idiopathic, meaning we don't know why. Mm-hmm. Cortical atrophy, meaning her brain is shrinking. So her mm-hmm. brain is shrinking and we don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it happened when she was, I think, 52. And uh, we were driving to school and she got lost. And then within six months, she didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. And so wow. we went and got a first opinion. And you know, you, to this point, we you go get a first opinion and the doctor says, we don't know what's happening. So you go to a mm-hmm. second opinion and the doctor says, we don't know what's happening. And so you go read everything you can about frontotemporal dementia and Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. Lewy body and, and, you, you know, and, and stroke. And you, you're trying to figure out what's going on. And that, that happened to me, and I, uh, I went to college, and I ended up leaving college for a few years uh, just because of taking care of her, and I went became a reporter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when I became a reporter, I learned to ask people questions, and mm-hmm. so then I went back to school, and I was a very, very serious uh, you know, chemistry pre-med student, and I was planning on going to medical school. And I met these folks who were starting this, this, this publishing company at the time, and uh, it's a long story, but I started going to medical conferences for uh, a company in New York, and I would act as a private reporter. Mm-hmm. And I ended up going to the neurology conference, and mm-hmm. I went and talked to because you were interested because I was interested. Mm-hmm. And I went and I talked to the uh, the the uh, fellow who studies frontotemporal dementia. And I asked him question after question, told him about. I didn't use my mom's name, but I said if it was this, would it be that? And he didn't know who I was, but I was knowledgeable on the subject. And like a reporter, I just kept pushing. Well, I learned she didn't have that. And I went through all of them. And over time, I, I'm not, this isn't a perfect story because she had Alzheimer's and there was no answer, mm-hmm. but she didn't have those other things. And of course, if you don't know what your mother has and she's still alive and maybe you're going to get it and all those kinds of things, it's huge comfort in knowing what she has. But mm-hmm. I didn't get it from the first or the second conversation. Right. I didn't get it because I read a report. I couldn't. I tried for years. Um, and... I think that says that says everything about what we're trying to do. When you really, if your mother got sick or if you got sick, you would not be satisfied with what you could read. Mm-hmm. You would go find the best teacher and the best teacher and the best teacher, and you keep having an interactive mm-hmm. experience. And you would learn a lot. You would know quite a lot about the subject if you could in that right. way. And I think that's the future of learning. I think that you'll find exactly the material you need. And some of it will be presented digitally. That's true through a test that knows what you want to learn. But it'll also be about finding the best teacher. And this brings you to the other side of GLG, which is so important, which is people love to teach. And if you think about your career, you're going to spend time learning, and you're going to spend time learning and teaching, and you're going to spend time teaching in some continuum. 
people learn through teaching. They stay engaged in the workforce through teaching. There's a, uh, they may call it consulting, they may call it joining boards, they may call it a lot of things, but just straight up sharing your expertise mm-hmm. teaches you a lot too. And that, that matters because if you think about the future of learning, it's not, you sh- you're not going to be constrained to the people that are just readily available to in your local community. You'll be able right. to find, kind of like an Etsy, you'll be able right. to find the people around the world that love to love to teach that thing. How do you, I want to finish up on two different things, being in New York. You guys are in New York, we are. essentially. Um, I want to get to that yet, but when, when you're talking about this, so finding whatever you want, whenever you want, this highly customizable, which is, again is a, is a digital mentality of doing this. How does then our learning change? Like how we teach kids, how we teach, should every kid have a special teacher, which seems impossible I haven't really gotten to kids yet. I'm more interested in what happens through your life. Okay. I, I wish I had a perspective on kids because I have them and I don't, I have no answers there yet. But right. Although, although I think the most more adaptive, the better. I mean, of course, but with I, the, I always go into the classroom. I'm like, why are they sitting here? They're not learning anything. I just, I constantly think the way we teach is just it was so wrong given how much, how much technology we have, the ability to match people, the yeah. ability to figure out people's actual skills. And what they love and, and why they, they love, love it. Right. And, and getting back to my example, you know, the, the key of that two years ahead, two years behind thing is that is why most kids, sort of so many kids decide they're not good at math. Right. Is because they're so clear, they so clearly feel above, ahead or behind, bored right. or confused. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know if that means everyone has a personal teacher, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. I think they're different you know, to personal teachers. It can't be one, right? It's not like we have Socrates teaching Alexander the Great or whatever. Not everyone might be ready for Socrates, <laughs> um, but you. But I. I I don't know. I don't. I don't have a perspective on that. I've been right. so focused on what happens. I'm a little focused on what happens in college, but then after college, right. how do you learn throughout your life? Um, how do you teach throughout your life? Um, and I'm, I'm quite sure. That, I'm quite sure the business, the idea of a business degree, will change completely. Right. Or uh, all degrees, or not all degrees. Because all degrees. I, I, I mean, first of all, medicine already functions to some extent like this. So there's, mm-hmm. a, there's already. There's, there is precedent. Law school doesn't function like this, but medicine does. Mean that you work in the hospital. You work in the hospital. You still have you, to go to medical school. You have you have to. Well, you really Hands have to on. take two years of science, and then you really are in clerkships and internship right. and right. residency. And in those, there's this great expression, by the way: see one, do one, teach one in medical school, mm-hmm. where you you watch an appendectomy, you do the appendectomy, and then you teach the appendectomy, and then you know the appendectomy. And mm-hmm. that that seems like a model for. Mm-hmm. And you're doing this very personally. Someone's right, right over your shoulder making sure over and over again that you this is something you actually know. Um, and I think to your point about digital digital impact, I think that that kind of learning is just much more possible than you think. Just to give you a sense of scale, we've paid our teachers, we like to say, about a billion dollars at this mm-hmm. point. So we're not, we're not officially in the gig economy per se, just mm-hmm. because we're focused on higher level professionals. They called you Uber for Harvard, right? Or, well, if it's Uber meets Harvard, there's, there are pieces of both. And right. I, I suppose that we are somewhat in the gig economy. We're providing gigs for people to teach. For sure, but at a relatively high price point, a relatively high scale. But it's it's highly it's 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 professionals. Mm-hmm. And lastly, I want to talk. I want to finish. Up, I want to talk about um, the idea of what people want to learn because it changes over time. Now, you said different things are really popular, but and they, and obviously today people would be interested in school security. Is that how it goes, or is there? Do you see a trend in learning? Um, the trends we see, we course see topical trends like, mm-hmm. you know, like digital health, for example, mm-hmm. is the fastest rising category. Why? Tell me about that. Uh, uh, just so much opportunity. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I use digital health specifically against sort of, uh, hospital IT, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was, everything was healthcare IT. That mm-hmm. was the electronic medical records, et cetera. And now, I mean, running GLG is a little bit like running a, a very large virtual university. You're always seeing mm-hmm. what people are, are interested in. Yeah. What they're interested in. So digital health 
in the consumer side of health uh, and the digitization of that um, has been the fastest rising subject. Uh, there are others like that that are that are ever. Of course, North Korea crops up if North Korea happens or something like that. But the big the big subjects are China and the rest of the world, or uh, or health IT or, or sorry, digital health. Um, those kind you see those kinds of things. What do people want to know about China? So many businesses try to figure out how to work in China, and so many Chinese businesses are trying to f- work in the rest of the world. So mm-hmm. those those two things lead to lots, lots and of lots questions. of learning, and that's true in every country. But just China is very big, and the rest of the world is big, and so there's a lot of overlap. And then other topics that seem to be popping up is just topical, topical, topical. Other the, those are those are just themes. Uh, mm-hmm. We we tend to crypto. If you look at it on a weekly basis, of course, you see crypto. Over the last six months, in particular, you see cryptocurrency and its real applications, uh, security and cryptocurrency regulation of cryptocurrency. That mm-hmm. you'll see that crop up. I'm not sure that's a maybe that is a ten year theme. Maybe maybe and you don't have the many experts actually. That's right, but we do have experts in the things that cryptocurrency touches. So, yeah. So, if you're interested in in uh, gambling and cryptocurrency, there are people that know gambling. If you're mm-hmm. interested in, in banks and cryptocurrency, people know banks. And mm-hmm. so, a lot of, a lot. Of, I mean, Internet of Things is probably the, the is the, is usually the third biggest. So Meaning that. Um, Big tech companies trying to understand how refrigerators work, uh-huh. for example. I mean, meaning that if you're putting how refrigerators work, it's an example. But, <laughs> but the, if the if the idea is that you're going to put technology in real things, right. in watches, in refrigerators, in right. cars, then much of the people developing those technologies don't know watches and refrigerators and cars. They right. they just know the technology. So they want to learn about. So them. they want to learn about it. All right. Finally, finishing up. I was going to talk about New York, but I don't know if you're a tech. Do you consider yourself a tech company or what? How do you look at yourself? Well, we very much started as a tech technology yeah. idea, mm-hmm. and then we put services on top. And I just go back to Uber meets Harvard. There's right. a there's a people side and there's a technology side. And yeah, we've been, Uber isn't a technology company. It uses technology. It uses technology. It's a right. people business that uses right. technology. I suppose Yelp is in the same category in some mm-hmm. ways. Um, so we're we are some blend. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me what the strangest things people have wanted to learn. Uh, expanding a biscuit business into Malaysia, for example. Oh, to, uh, I wouldn't even yeah. know, begin to know where to find that expert. Neither would I. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, if you look through it, it's such. It's a very long tail. It's not as. It's not long in that it gets a consumer, and there's no. You know, is is Bieber getting married? It's mm-hmm. not. That's not the kind of thing we right. we look at. But in, in the profession. Is he? Yes, I'm an expert on Gina <laughs> Gomez. I will sign you up, and you All can right. do that project. But I don't know who but, would want that information. But well, there's an answer out there. But right. we, but we um, we don't. It's not that long, but it's it's a, it's I, you know there's so many things that are strange that the average one would be strange. The things that are probably less strange are um, how do I grow as a professional? Mm-hmm. Um, but it usually is more specific. It usually is things like um, how do I. If, how do I build an HR organization that can support a culture that I want to build? And mm-hmm. can I talk to people like Patty McCord and doing that? Yes. Can I talk to who do I talk I was to? Say Patty McCord, call her. Would be amazing. Right. Um, how do you, you know? How do I? Who can I really learn from? And it's not just Patty because Patty has one perspective. But how do I talk to the head of HR, Procter and Gamble too? Because mm-hmm. that's less fancy, but probably has really strong perspective and mm-hmm. and you know years of understanding how. Those kinds of company and so then you call the head of Procter and Gamble HR and they say not the current you'd call the you'd call the former uh huh because yes. the current would be like I don't want to help you no they the former may the, the current may very well want to teach if you find the right student if you find an amazing startup that's doing right. something that they're interested in he very well may want to do the project or right. he or she last question as we enter the future how do you imagine we will learn this is a highly customizable way we're learning I think you're going to chip in your ear and that's going to be that. 
like like the Matrix. That's the, how the, I the physical yeah. Pro- property. Yeah, you'll just I have a chip. I want to play the piano, and I'll, there'll be no learning. If the chip be, if the chip gets all the way in your brain, I guess it'll figure out how to play the piano for mm-hmm. you. In the intermediate period, I think you'll be able to say, "What do I need to really know about learning the piano?" And the best, the best, the very best knowledge on that for you. And it'll watch the way you play the piano and say, "Oh, I got to change the course." Right. Oh, I got to keep changing the course and right. it'll keep being adaptive. Maybe it means maybe it means I'll put you in touch with a different teacher because you're not ready for this little piece. This person's really good to use the piano analogy. This person's really good. At, right. I play the piano. Uh, this person's really good with your fingers. This mm-hmm. person's much better with reading music. This mm-hmm. person's much better with this. And you'll just co- have a constant stream of the best expertise from all those people. I think. My my chip is a better idea, Alexander. The chip just goes straight in. Right in. And you just play. Or martial arts or anything. Expert well, if we, then we would just yeah. have be learning. And I agree that would be, that would be a, a yes. different space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, I appreciate it. This is a really interesting talk. Um, and thank you for coming on the show. Thanks very much for having me. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find all of our past interviews in whatever app you use to listen to this or on our website, recode.net slash podcast. If you have a minute, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. Now that you're done with this, you should check out our other Recode Radio podcasts. On Recode Media with Peter Kafka, you'll hear no-nonsense interviews, some of the smartest people in media and entertainment. I also host Too Embarrassed to Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge, where we answer all of your questions about consumer tech. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from all of Recode's live events, including the Code Conference and Code Media, which just took place. Thank you for listening to this episode of Recode Decode, and thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then. I'm Sean Ramosverum. I'm the host of Today Explained, a new show from Vox. It's an all-killer, no-filler daily news explainer that'll drop every afternoon. But not on the weekend. Our show's going to explain the news every way we know how. Clips, radio drama, maybe even a song. Today, Today Explained. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen.